Welcome to the Stewardship Matters podcast of William F. Robertson and Associates, where we explore where your faith and your finances intersect. As financial planners, we understand the importance of money. As Christians, we believe God has more for us. Please join your host, Richard Truitt, as we continue on this journey together. I'm here today with uh, Ted Weiss. I've known Ted for uh, probably longer than even one of us wants to remember. He used to be here in Fort Worth at a couple of churches uh, with Christ Chapel, and then um, uh, he was uh, the lead pastor at Trinity Chapel Bible Church. And now Ted lives in Phoenix with his wife and two kids, and Ted's been a, a great friend and a great help through all this. Uh, he's now the executive pastor and pastor of spiritual formation at Bethany Bible. And uh, Ted has kindly consented to to go through these these five questions we talked about and uh, that we have talked about before. And um, if if you're there, Ted, and you're ready, I'll go ahead and start with uh, the first question. Sounds uh, great. Okay. Uh, the first one is: What is one thing you can recommend to somebody who wants to structure their finances more in line with God's word? Well, you know. The the primary thing that comes to my mind is to have a regular time of prayer and reflection over one's finances. And what I found to be the best tool to make that happen is to have a budget. And so to uh, put together a budget that is entered into prayerfully, um, asking God, thinking through what are his priorities or his priorities for me, and then to be able to come back to that budget on a regular basis and spend time in prayer and reflection and with, yeah, with God. What's that? Yeah, that's usually that's interesting because usually you don't link a budget and prayer together. Well, I think that could be true <laughs> at the same well, time. Well, yeah, the budget seems very – wrote or whatever and and um I, I think that's neat did you prayerfully i don't mean to interrupt you prayerfully uh consider what your what your budget is yeah i i mean i think people will talk about a budget and that's a pretty common thing but i think to utilize it as a way to pray it, it really gives you something substantial to bring to the lord in terms of evaluation otherwise if we're praying at all about our finances and it's not tied to something like a budget, something uh, concrete and substantial, then we're just kind of praying in general, and it may not have the teeth to it. So that, that's why I think having a budget that becomes a prayerful thing and a, and a regular reflective thing, even on a monthly basis, um, and certainly a quarterly basis, to me, has been one of the most helpful things for me. And I think it's a way to keep our finances in line with uh, with God's Word and and the dynamic of the specific things that God is doing in your life. Um, because even just saying, keeping it according to God's word, it can become a very principle-centered thing. Um, and it's like, okay, I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm giving this much and I'm doing this. But if it's a prayerful, reflective thing, then it's a dynamic thing that the Lord can lead you in. That's neat. And do you do that with your wife? Or are you forced enough to do that with Jennifer? or? It- yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly do it because I'm and I'm the one in our family that does the day to day kind of nitty gritty 
with our finances, but certainly we come together and talk about it and um, and discuss and bring it before the Lord uh, together, uh, probably on a quarterly basis um, or or a couple times a year. Right. Yeah, I, was, I always find it a struggle to, to talk about these kind of things with my wife, but um, uh, uh, that's neat. I, I like that. I like that. As far as like the budget, and like the prayer, so that's 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 awesome. Well, and I and I found also just in terms of uh, working with my wife, working with Jennifer on it is if if we have a budget that we've agreed on, then when we come back to talk about finances, we're arguing about the budget, not with each other. And it's the budget that needs adjustment if there's any angst or disagreement. It's not personal at that point. And, and that's important because, you know, we, we look at, at money differently based on temperament, our background, our growing up, all that stuff. So the budget is actually a marital tool as well. That's, that's neat. That's neat. Um, well, what, the next question is what resource besides the Bible has been helpful in your stewardship journey? And I know you said the budget, obviously. Is there anything else or? You know, as I thought about that question, I thought, you know, really, I think it's having advisors to whom I can ask questions to get wisdom. Um, you know, honestly, having someone like you in my life that uh, I can just come to and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Does that make sense? Is that right? Um, here's what I'm sensing from the Lord. So, you know, I have several people in my life that are kind of go-to um, advisors, um, some more formal, some informal. But that that to me has been a huge resource. Yeah, so fellowship community is is so critical and so lacking. I know we've talked about that in the past. How how hard that is to to find that. And I guess you're fortunate that you you've got several people that you can go to. Yeah, you know, I guess I think finances are one of those kind of things that um, can create shame or embarrassment because uh, lots of times we don't deal with our finances very well or we make mistakes or um, we get in over our head or maybe we haven't had good teaching on knowing what to do. And so um, it's, I think even in community, sometimes we can have a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy. It's like, okay, I'm not going to ask you if you don't ask me. And we'll also all kind of assume that everybody's doing fine. But to have people that you can talk to and ask questions and be vulnerable, I think is, is pretty important. Yeah, I've heard going to see a financial advisor is worse than going to have a root canal done at the dentist's <laughs> office. So, um, uh, it's, uh, I wish you I wish you didn't seem that hard, but um, and, and we try not to, obviously. But um, the next question is kind of the almost seems unfair, so deep. But uh, what does the statement "God owns it all" mean to you? Well. I think just very simply it means nothing I have belongs to me. Um, and the analogy that has always kind of made sense to me is that um, God has put me on this earth to live in relationship with him and to be about his business. And, uh, you know, if I were to run a business that someone else owned, um, they would the owner would provide me with the resources, the overhead, you know, to accomplish the business that 
um, is at hand. And so I think about the money God gives me uh, is really so that I can accomplish his will. And um, so, you know, he gives me enough money so I have the overhead to have a place to do business, you know, my home, Uh, you know, that I have resources like a car or different things. And so um, certainly a lot of the finances I have are intended for giving. Um, And the rest is, is really overhead for accomplishing the ministries that he's given me and the kingdom kind of work um, of raising a family and being a neighbor and living in a community where uh, I can be representative of his, of his kingdom. So um, I guess that's, that's what's helped me make sense of it is um, I'm a steward of his resources and he does give me the resources, but um, they belong to him and uh, they are intended to um, give me what I need to accomplish the life work that He's given me to do. Wow, that's 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 me. I wish I wish I had that kind of faith. I guess, but um, that uh, yeah, something I know with my head that my heart fails me a lot a lot of times. Uh, well, and, and, I yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I I think I just have to remind myself of that often. If I start to worry about money, I think well. God's going to give me what I need to accomplish his purposes. And if I don't have enough money for a car, well, then I'll walk everywhere I go or whatever, you know. And and so I think I think that's one of the things when we understand that God owns everything, that this world, this universe, everything is his, then he'll give me what I need for as long as I need it. Wow. That's, yes, that's that seems like that's the, the great truth, but that's, that's maybe the hardest one to, to, to get. <laughs> Um, the next question has to do with the, the manna story, and, and it's in Exodus where they where the God God not the God God rained bread down on the the Israelites, and on the Sabbath he he said do not work. Do you think or do not gather anything? You, you gather twice as much on Saturday or Friday, I guess. Um, do you think that that story is relevant to us today? Can you get that out? Yeah, I think it's intensely relevant. Um, I mean, on, on the one hand, the whole idea of the manna really ties in with Jesus' prayer um, uh, about give us this day our daily bread. It's, it's really, in essence, what he was referring back to. That was the illusion. And, and it's the prayer, um, Lord, I'm going to trust you to give me what I need for today. And... Um, you know, we live in a complex world where we have to think about, you know, having money and having resources, you know, for maybe a month at a time or, you know, sometimes a year when we're thinking about sometimes we have yearly obligations like insurance or car registration or things like that. Um, but whatever the time frame happens to be, you know, can I trust that God will give me what I need? And so... Um, give us this day our daily bread is a daily reminder that um, I'm invited to trust God to provide for me. And so the way that Sabbath ties in is, uh, you know, we live in a world that's constantly uh, trying to work to get ahead, to get more. Um, And can I take time to rest where 
I trust that God will provide for me even when I rest, even when I stop my labor. Um, and I, I think those two things are so critical, um, praying and asking, trusting for the daily bread, um, believing that God is the provider. Even if I have a job and I work, God gave me the ability to work. He gave me the job. And then Sabbath, uh, those two practices are huge in terms of shaping our hearts in the way that we deal with money, the way we deal with our jobs. And uh, I think if we don't have those kind of practices in place, uh, we can start to believe that we own it all, that we're in charge, that we are the masters of our fate when it comes to um, having resources. Wow. That's, yeah, being a financial planner where you deal constantly, obviously, with money and and what it means long term, that's just really, really important for for at least for me to hear. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, and my last, my favorite story in the Bible, it's the last question, is, is the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, basically, I've been holy. What else do I need to do? And he sends him away, telling him he needs to sell everything, and he goes away sad. And... Um, we, but we don't know what eventually happened to the rich young ruler. And I was just, I guess for, for fun, what, what do you think happened? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, and, um, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Why? Because I think Jesus is the point there. Um, and, and I think the point of the gospel writers in, in not telling us what happened um, was so that uh, we would have to ask ourselves the question. And um, uh, we would have to consider, what will I do? How am I going to respond to that? Um, because it was a heart issue. And, you know, I think on the one hand to realize that um, Jesus is inviting us. He is calling us to entrust all of who we are to him, to entrust our financial means, our resources to him. And and there comes a point where you have to be challenged with that invitation, with that call. And there's an element where there's a sadness there because uh, when you think you own it all, when you think you're in charge and you're being called to let go of that illusion, is really what it is, but when you're challenged to let go of that illusion, there can be a sadness in that, uh, kind of a death, a loss. Yeah. And so I think, I think part of the challenge as you, as you read that account in the Gospels is to encounter your own, uh, your own interaction with that and potentially your own sadness and then say, what am I going to do? Um, so what did the rich young ruler do? Um, I don't know. Um, he, I mean, on the one hand, you don't see him showing up again later, so maybe no. he just went away sad and, and, and refused to ever let go. But I think the challenge for us is, is is to just say, how am I going to answer that call, that invitation? And maybe that's, I guess, I'm showing my heart by saying I'm, I'm rooting for him that he gave away everything after he left Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hoped that I would, but I probably, I, I, I haven't so far. And so um, that, that's very painful to, to to have that kind of trust. But it's, uh, uh, I like what you say. And, and um, yeah, and I think I think most people don't. You know, I think um, Jesus 
I think in the Gospels over and over again makes it very clear his call for us to um, lay down to uh, die to self, um, die to those things we're holding on to, thinking that they give us life. And, um, you know, we see often um, uh, people that walk away sad from Jesus. And, um, and I think that often, even for followers of Christ, there is still vast parts of, of who we are that um, we haven't let go of yet. And Jesus graciously, I think, keeps extending that invitation. And so, you know, when it comes, I, I think when it comes to this issue of finances, one of the beauties of it in terms of our spiritual life is that it's very concrete. And, um, and it's also very tied to the heart. And it's one of those things where if we will entrust ourselves to this really concrete practice of trusting God for our daily bread and um, uh, doing things like a budget and giving money uh, uh, to God's work and saving and some of these kind of things, it really has an opportunity to shape our hearts um, in in really deep, significant ways. And this is that... I just keep thinking that, that, that you know Jesus said you have to die, and that and dying is painful, um, uh, especially yeah. at least for me. Um, I, I, I definitely, yeah. Why why you go away sad when you're in the presence of, of the Lord is uh, says something. Uh, that's the power I guess that money has on us. Yeah, but, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time, Ted. That's you know, again, you've been a been a great help through this journey, and I um, hope that this recording has been uh, helpful to to everybody's journey. And uh, look forward to us, uh, you know, hopefully doing it again in the near future. So I, I thank you. Sounds great. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another Stewardship Matters podcast of William F. Robertson and Associates. To pursue this discussion further, please look to the resources on our website, www.wfrplanning.com. Our contact information can be found on the website, and we would love to hear from you. Securities offered through Genios Wealth Management Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Advisory service offered through Genio's Wealth Management.